And this episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, we're talking about Shohei Otani, done for the year. He had his surgery. The Tampa Bay Rays, they're building up a new stadium. Our Whiskey of the Week, Lone Elm, Single Barrel, Texas Straight Wheat Whiskey. Also, the Braves, they've clinched a playoff spot, but did they go party hardy? We'll go talk about that in the full episode of Episode 43, Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, coming up. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. Well, hello and welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon. That is Michael. You're watching us on YouTube, maybe listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts, wherever you're at. Welcome in. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you. We'd love for you to hit the subscribe button, whether that's here on YouTube or in Spotify, where you can now watch our videos in the app. Uh, and also, we've got some questions down below, or also, if you're listening on Spotify, you can answer our poll of the episode, uh, which you'll get to as we go throughout the episode. So head down over there. I'm Brandon. That's Michael Burns. Mikey, do you no. know what the significance of this episode is? It's number 43. Number 43. But do you know why that's so special? Is that your favorite number? No, it's not my Are favorite Are you 43 number. years old? No, I'm not 43 years old. Episode <laughs> 43 is our one-year anniversary, buddy. Today is, it is really? one Today? year of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Clearly, you've done your homework. <laughs> I, 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 I knew it was coming. I just didn't. I, it caught me all, it caught, caught me quick all of a sudden, I guess. I knew, so I this, knew it was, we were coming up on it right before playoffs last year. Yeah. Episode 43. This will drop on September the 21st. Our first podcast came out on September the 22nd of 2022. So a full year of BNB. We've made it. Episode 43, you may think you missed a couple of weeks. Oh, that's right. I had something planned for this, and I totally dropped the ball. Son of a gun. Uh, as we get to that, uh, yes, I totally had a very good idea, and this is what it was going to be. Oh, I muted, I muted the phone, because that's what you're supposed to do when it comes... This is totally great <laughs> podcasting going on right here, but so there's our our horn that we made it a year. Uh, that made was it a so year. anticlimactic. I thought there was something like some song coming or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was just today horn. is your birthday. But no, yeah. So episode forty three. Well, congrats, buddy. Cheers. Yeah, congrats. Cheers. 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 We'll drink to that, and we'll get to that in our podcast coming up. So episode 43, let's start it off the same way we started off since episode 23. For the last 20 episodes, we've been doing this. Talk about the best number of this episode in Major League Baseball, the best number 43 to ever play the game, and I think this is a slam dunk, no doubter. There's only one guy who's worn it for 20-plus years, and he's got the fourth most war of any player who wore the number, and the three guys ahead of him wore it for three years, one year, and one year respectively. So Dennis Eckersley, 21 years in the number, 62.1 war, Hall of Famer. I'm going to say that this is the Dennis Eckersley episode. What do you think? Yeah, it's not a very popular number. I think as we get into these higher numbers, it's going to get it's going to get uh, either really obvious or it's going to be a fight because there's going to be like guys who only wore it for six years, like. 
Bill right. Nicholson wore it for six years. Uh, Kurt Schilling for three. Rick Sutcliffe for seven. But only Dennis Eckersley's anywhere close. Ken, Ken Forsh at 16 years, but only a 26 mm-hmm. war. Raul Mondesi is a name that'll jump out for a lot of us. Uh, Jeff Nelson, who is a pitcher for the Mariners, Yankees, Texas Rangers, and White Sox. Uh, and then Andy Ashby. But uh, all those 12 to 16 years, Dennis Eckersley, Hall of Fame career. Uh, dude not only started and won just about 200 career games, then he became a closer, nearly saving 400 games, 390 saves. So 297 wins. 390 saves, a career war of 62.1, and he spent half his career as a closer or a reliever uh, once he left the Chicago Cubs and headed on to the West Coast to be on the Oakland Athletics. Did you know he was a Cub? He was on that 84 team. Yeah, he looks all way all too familiar to not be uh, remembered with with the, the flow and that stash. Yeah, Dennis Eckersley, uh, he Hall of Famer, I believe. Yes, Hall of Fame MVP once, he, Cy Young once, six-time All-Star, ALCS MVP. Two times he won the Rolades Relief Award and uh, 1989 World Series. So a lot of accolades. I'm just going to say the Dennis Eckersley episode. Yeah, pretty safe bet. Uh, drafted in the third round in 1972 from Washington High School in Vermont, California. Yeah, uh, by the Cleveland Guardian, well, Cleveland Guardians organization, Cleveland Indians. So I don't get fined for that one. And uh, speaking of that, we're at like twelve dollars for Brandon in fines, and Michael has like four dollars in fines. So we'll go buy ourselves a nice bottle of Evan Williams Bottle and Bond to celebrate our one year as a podcast. So that is it for the jersey number. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than that, but this one slam dunk. Dennis Eckersley. The Dennis Eckersley episode on the one-year anniversary of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. If this is your first time, thanks for joining us. Again, please hit that subscribe button down below. If you haven't done that already, we're putting out bourbon content and baseball content, two different channels. You're likely watching this on at Barrels and Barrels Pod, but don't forget to check out our sister channel, BNB Bourbon. That's all bourbon-related, bourbon reviews, bourbon hunts, bourbon shorts. Anything that has to deal with bourbon is on that page. And you can find more of our baseball content at Barrels and Barrels Pod. That's where you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Barrels, the letter N, Barrels Pod. And then on X, formerly known as Twitter, until Elon ruined that, at Barrels and Barrels. As I mentioned earlier, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcasts. 20 out of 25 star reviews on Apple, 14 out of 14 five star reviews on spotify and we'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think about this podcast if you haven't done that already leave us a ranking a rating and also if you write a review we'll give you a call out on air and with our one year anniversary we've still got merch to sell these t-shirts are for sale charlie mike never our friends over there 25 dollars out the door and also glassware hats the one mikey's sporting i've got a whiskey wisdom glass what you drinking out tonight i got my two with two with it looks like home plate on the bottle with a bottom with a uh, uh, a baseball diamond, and Connor Joe just hit a three run tank. So back to yeah. being down. So the barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast. You can also email us barrels and barrels at gmail.com. This episode brought to you by Whiskey Towers. Our friends over there at whiskeytowers.com. Use promo code whiskey weather, all capital. That'll get you 10% off your order of what a whiskey tower is. And that is one of the coolest things I've seen in this industry. 
it's a beer tap for bourbon. You just dump your bottles in there, you pull the tap, and you can fill up your glass. Really easy to to put some, you know, if you got a a, a glass of Coke, just to pour it right into. I mean, um, into your <laughs> into your Glencairn. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So whiskey weather uh, on whiskeytowers.com is that promo code. We'll put that right there at the bottom uh, of your screen for you. So whiskey weather is the promo code. Just use that, and you will get ten percent off your order at whiskeytowers.com. So with that, let's jump right into our whiskey segment of Barrels and Barrels, of bourbon and baseball podcast. I've My already favorite. poured myself some. I think you did as well. We are going to be going with Lone Elm Distilleries Premium Texas Spirits Single Barrel Texas Straight Wheat Whiskey. There's a lot of words to that. Let's just tell you that it's a single barrel 100% wheater uh, out of wheat. Texas. So it's 100% wheat? 100% straight wheat whiskey. Uh Everything I looked at said it was all wheat, um, soft winter wheat uh, with this whiskey, as this is our one year anniversary whiskey. There it is. Lone Elm, Texas straight wheat, oh, Texas straight wheat whiskey. Man, there's a whole lot of words to that. Uh, but yes. What are your first thoughts as you get the nose on this, buddy? Um I can smell it from a distance. I don't know if it's the glass or if it's the strong nose coming off this thing. Um, immediately get the get the uh, the sweetness of that wheat for sure. Um, some not not brown sugar, but like a light maple candy. coming on. Yeah, candied maple, like maple bacon almost. Bacon? Did you say yeah, bacon? You got bacon? Did you get any maple bacon out of that? So this How is a single ma- barrel. How about some mint coming out off this thing? Pretty strong. You got mint? Yeah. I can pull a little bit of mint. Maybe I'd say some parsley. I don't know. Um, Ooh, yeah. That's a yeah. that's a good note there. I, I yeah. get that. <laughs> oh, single barrel. So this comes in at a pretty high proof. Uh, if you just saw it on your screen, 133 proof. Damn! Yeah. So this will put some hair on your chest, so to speak. So I can't snob over this one today, huh? No. no oh, it's would, only 92 would... proof, huh? I wouldn't say that this smells hot, right? Sometimes you get some of those higher no. proof whiskeys and like you, you feel like you're singeing off the nose hair. I don't get that. As I go back, I get a little bit maybe of a walnut out of it. Like the I, bitter I part of the walnut. I, I, I get I get the the candy and then into a strong mint. I get some like sweet tart candy into like a walnut and like a maple bacon a weird random assortment but it's a very i'd say the nose is pretty good i uh, see so you dive in there for <laughs> you got them <laughs> i was trying so hard but <laughs> so your first thoughts after you just got your texas hug yeah texas it's, it's hot like texas mm. baby I'm not like I mean it's 133 proof because of course it's hot. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's it's not. Um, it's not. You, My tongue. <laughs> you okay <no>. there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's hot. I actually feel it in my throat even too. I usually usually it's only the Kentucky hugs stays in the mouth there, and I feel it going all the way down. Yeah, you can feel it go down your your throat all the way down into your stomach. Uh, Damn. First blush. It's warm. Uh, there's definitely a tingle to it. I don't think it pulls away, though, from the flavor. I still get some decent maple flavor, some 
Um, even caramel out of this. What do you think? Is it too? I gotta dive back. I gotta get another another pull, and so I can focus on the flavor more than the heat. I'd say walnutty mm-hmm. uh, is is like my first thought. It's not as sweet as the nose, not at all. Part of that, I'm sure, is a single barrel. Again, this is 133 proof. But to me, it doesn't scream Texas, right? Like, when you... uh, I, want, I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say I taste really? the Texas. I, like you said, you had a walnut nose a little bit. As I, as, as I was drinking it, the walnut hit my nose, and now I taste it as well. But I think the higher proof helps tone down the walnut. That okay. t- typical Texas taste. See, so I normally get thinking? like a- I normally get like a cactusy um, Texas hint, and anything I've ever had out of Texas, it's more so like got a a cactusy, like what I would assume aloe vera would taste like. Um, you know, my tongue is numb. I might be. Talking <laughs> yeah, it's like numb. This. I've only taken two <laughs> sips, and the thing is numb. It's, but I don't feel like it blows the doors off. Uh, like I, we feel the heat all the way through. The finish itself is long um it's almost like i'm trying to think like the you ever get a cavity filled mm-hmm. you know the pre novocaine that they give you like they put the stick in your mouth to like numb the certain spot that they're gonna jab you with the the novocaine needle <laughs> he started drilling before i was <laughs> numb some beach well, and now we've got to put a thank you to Blake Shelton on this. So I'm going to mark that down. Uh, That's not Blake Shelton, is it? Yeah, Blake Shelton, Sun Beach. No. Back in the late, early 2000s. Oh, okay. Yep. It's Blake Shelton. Yep. <laughs> Why do you doubt me, Michael Burns? It, uh, I, but I, I thought it was like, like the feeling Alan Jackson was coming to my head. Mm-mm. Let's drive, Daddy. Uh, that feeling's starting to come back in my mouth already, though. So it's not like it's a total numbing, numbing experience. I do feel the tingle on the tongue. If you're a fan of high proof stuff, this is it's probably I'd say yeah. pretty good. Um, Let's get to the color. notes. Besides, yeah. besides the the uh, so the heat of four, it. Well, I'm assuming it's four years old. Um, it was barreled in April of 2018. It's 2023 here. I don't know when it was bottled. It doesn't say that on the bottle, but it was barrel number 970. Uh, comes in at 66.5 ABV, which if you do the math, it's 133 proof, as we've already told you. So I'm looking at four, maybe five years, depending on uh, when they bottled it. If it was bottled after April, then we're talking a five-year whiskey. So it's got some age to it, say three years in Texas per year in the bottle, uh, in the barrel. We're talking 12 to 15-year expectancy. Uh, so I can definitely feel that with the, there's some oak to it. Uh, on the bottle, it says aged in new oak barrels, um, which is uh, not, they don't necessarily have to do that because it's not a bourbon. Bourbon is the only right. one that strictly says you have to age it in a new oak barrel, I believe. But I mean, the nose is still sweeter than the palate to me. I've got that walnutty, uh, walnutty flavor. Right. Um, it's, it is a, it, besides the heat, it is a, a, a sweeter being, being a weeder. Um, I do, I, the finish is very leathery and oaky. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess some um, cinnamon, like a cinnamon tingle. I'm trying to pull out what I get in the beginning of it. 
You get any cherry out of this? Like the back mm-hmm. half, I get like a, a dark cherry. Not like a candied cherry. Like the nose to me smells more candied cherry, like a maraschino, like kitty cocktail cherry. On the back end, I'm thinking like a dark Washington cherry. See, I'm, I get the cherry on the front, which then, so it starts cherry, moves into the the walnut, and finishes oak. Still with strong walnut. So walnutty oak with some leather there. That's my that's my roller coaster right there. It's got some la- it's got some layers to it. It does definitely have some layers, just like your way to say like ogres have layers, Michael. Ogres yes. have layers. This has layers. Um, well, donkeys you, don't have layers. <laughs> uh, earlier we were talking off cam. The word I came up with instead of complex, I think, is intricate. This is an intricate palette, right? Yeah, you don't like that word. I mean, I like, like it. I just, I think we're just going to run right back to complex. Uh, so on the bottle, soft winter wheat transformed by American white oak barrels and intense Texas sun to deliver a smooth, uncut, and unfiltered spirit with a hearty finish hinting of vanilla and dried cherries. So I get the cherries on the finish. I don't get quite the vanilla. Um, no, I don't get vanilla. vanilla. Uh I do get some of that brown sugar that you mentioned on the nose. I don't get it on the nose, but I get it more so um, on the old uh, the palate. I enjoy this from a high proof side of things. I don't know that I've had anything this high. I think the highest I had was my old Forrester single barrel barrel strength at 131.x. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure exactly I'm what it was. Add a, two drops of water to see what that does to the whole palette of this. Uh, I wonder if it'll open it up a little bit. Possibly. Nose smells a little more bitter just off the bat. Yeah. Here, MSRP of this uh, Lone Elm single barrel weeder is about $65. Yeah. I've seen anywhere from $67.99 to 72 bucks. The regular small batch on Total Wine's website was $57.99. So you're going to have probably 10 bucks when it comes to uh, a single barrel, right? Right. So you said it was about about four years. So ten, about forty bucks, four fifty for being craft, probably. And then, but and that's normally what you would barrel. do for a small batch. But then you add the single barrel pricing to it, and it's a little bit higher as well. So after adding that drop of water, so not a terrible price, mm. especially for the proof here. It mellows it down just enough that you don't feel the the numbing right off the bat. I think hmm. there's definitely more of that brown sugar and maple um, coming through that we have. Now, as I talk, the tongue starts to tingle, but it's not like it's like that pins and needle feeling like when you've like sat on your legs too much on a toilet. You know, your feet start to tingle. It's Every not time. quite numb. Yeah, it's not quite numb, but you get the pins and needles. That's what my tongue feels like. Um, Man, this is good. It opens up a little bit just with the two drops of water. I liked it without the water. And I'm going to say I probably like it maybe a little bit more with the water. Um, do you have any water around you? Usually no. I don't. I, I actually okay. have a water sitting on my counter in the kitchen. Well, that we're not going per- to pause. Be over here. We're not going to pause for you to go get your water, Michael. So as we uh, go ahead on our Barrels and Barrels like Bourbon and Baseball podcast rating scale, uh where do you have this puppy um 
Well, first, I guess we should probably talk about what our rating scale is. So if you are new to the program, uh, our rating scale is a baseball rated scale. Mikey, what's the number one rating? Uh, top of the top is Hall of Fame. We haven't rated anything of Hall of Fame, uh, but that's top shelf. One of the best. And then yeah, that, after yeah. Hall of Fame, we've had a couple of these. We've had All-Stars. Um, those are your guys that are in your everyday lineup, and they're special on your team. Following mm-hmm. that, Brandon, is our... Everyday player. Just think about the uh, the players that you have in your lineup every day uh, on a team. Maybe they're not all-stars, but you can rely on them day in and day out, and that's what you have on your bar. And then when you're looking at uh, a bench player, that's someone who's good every now and then. They come in, they mix things up, and in a bourbon world, that's maybe once a month, maybe once every two weeks or so. Uh, otherwise, um, what we're looking at is just a, a solid but not the best out there. And then designate for assignment. You're Mr. DFA, so Mikey Burns... What is a DFA? DFA is something that you just don't enjoy. You won't want to spend your money on again, and you don't want to recommend to a friend unless it's a friend you don't like that much. Then you're like, dude, (laughs) you got to try this. And you push it on them. So is that what you get, Tommy? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, So on our Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale, which we just ran through, where do you have this? Texas straight wheat whiskey from Lone Elm. Uh, I've got this as a solid bench piece for me. I love the high proof of it. It, it It's not syrupy. It brings out all the flavors without being too buttery in my mouth. Um, what, what keeps it from being the everyday player is that Texas peanut flavor. Um, the first time you mentioned peanut in this entire podcast. <laughs> everything's been peanut. walnut and now you t- decide it's got a texas peanut flavor so excuse me texas walnut flavor um there you go not something i typically enjoy is that there's a certain bourbon that is labeled as the texas bourbon and uh it's just it's it, it, it wasn't good this is not overpowering in that walnut peanut flavor um I, I enjoyed the high proof of it. That's what I think helped mellow that peanut flavor out. I got the oak. I got the fruit in the beginning. Uh, I, I would go because of, I benched it instead of everyday playered it because of that tingle of the of the and the burn of that 133. I don't know that I could drain this guy with and, and destroy my tongue. Uh, I think that that would definitely be a um, a tongue destroyer if you constantly went at that and that's again why i will also rate this as a bench and for those of you just listening for the first time a bench is not a knock by any means think of all the good bench players that come in pinch hitters you've got uh those spot starters who fill in maybe come throw six or seven two run inning give you a quality start or maybe that's that long arm out of the bullpen who keeps your team in the game a bench player is very important, and that's what I'm going to give this as well. Just because of the higher proof, I think anything that is high proof, you normally probably lean towards the bench unless it's just so monumental um, that it's towards the top of the charts. But I'm I'm going to go to this maybe every once in a while. I do think once you add a few drops of water, it really opens up, and it tastes much better. Uh, but, yeah, going with a bench, a big thank you over to Brandon at Lone Elm. Nice name, by the way, buddy. Uh, but 
Lonome uh, for sending this over. Single barrel Texas straight wheat whiskey. So this is distilled from grain in Forney, Texas. Um, not fornicating, but Forney, Texas. Uh, again, on 133 proof single barrel. I, I wonder what the small batch would taste like, or at least in between what they proof that down to. But it's very good. We've got another bottle from Lonome to try. That's a honey finish. I think it's a little lower in the proof. And I'd like to see how those rate back to back. But uh, yeah, definitely some good stuff there. So again, thank you to our friends over at Lonome for sending this over to BNB to give us that review. And don't forget that you can head on over uh, to Whiskey Weather, um, uh, go, excuse me, to Whiskey Towers to get that rating, uh, to get that rating. Damn, oh, I've run up. I'm just so overwhelmed uh, with this whiskey. Uh, yeah, go to whiskeytowers.com to get 10% off your order, use promo code WhiskeyWeather. Whiskey. So before we jump into the baseball portion, I just got back from the Kentucky Bourbon Fest, uh, and you need to plan on going next year. That's all I'm going to say. All right, all right. So uh, it was a can you slip, Can you slip me in with the VIP section with you? Uh, so or am I going to be thing. watching you from the outside? Uh, you look like you have a great time, Brandon. I wish I could have a good time. <laughs> so I had to pay $600 for the VIP pass there, pal. So uh, you pay for the VIP. I'm sure you didn't. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't win it because, you know. Uh, no, they don't give it away. <laughs> but uh, we made some good connections with some some different distilleries. Met the guys over at Lucky 7, JP and Michael. Uh, great people. You'll like Michael. Have the same name, but uh, he, he actually really reminded me of my stepdad. And you met my stepdad a couple of weeks ago. But Kentucky Bourbon Fest, there's a craft section, there is a regular, just normal distillery, like the larger distillery section. Um, but craft was a place to be. There was a lot more distilleries there, there was a lot more people around there. But it was really cool. We tried a lot of, I think I tried 55, 60 different whiskeys in the three day span that I was there. <laughs> Thursday night was bourbon in the air so it was kind of like the vips got an extra couple of hours to check it out without the massive crowds there just a couple hundred people i'd say more romantic good food uh good drinks good people. yeah there was no candlelight but I, that's oh, okay. the thing about this though is we talk about the whiskey and a lot of the times that's like the highlight of the episode but i think it's more so the people in the whiskey right the distillers you get to talk to their story but also the influencers that's, that's, and the people yeah, that's our how our friends are American Mash and Grain. You know how they're trying yeah. to tell people's stories, different distillery stories, and the history, and like you're saying, the people involved in it. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got a chance to check it out, go check out Kentucky Bourbon Fest. It's going to be the same weekend next year, so that's going to end up being the 14th, 15th, and 16th. Oh, uh, I'm busy. Yeah, you're busy. No. You're going to be there. That's why. <laughs> that's why you're busy. That's why. That's why. But, but a ton of great people. A great time. I got called Riff Raff at Bardstown Bourbon Company because we uh, we crashed their party. It was a disco party. They were all dressed like uh, 80s disco people, 70s disco people. But you got to check out this hall. Look at all of that. So got some great bottles, met some great people, got some swag. Good lord. Yeah, look at that. That one dude, Ryan, uh, was there. He's as cool in person as he is on Instagram. If you haven't checked him out yet, uh, you're missing a lot. But a lot of great stuff from My Lemon Green. We're talking Penelope, Jake, uh, EJ Curley, Green River, uh, our friends over at Augusta Distillery, 
You know what really blew my mind? That bottle right there in the middle, just to the right, with the old like Scottish sash over it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting what the actual kind name looks like of a it tie is. almost. Almost, it's like a scarf, but uh, we're going to get yelled at from all the Scotch people. So Kentucky, I will just drop that bottle. It's called Meester, which means master in Gaelic. But all I could hear is, you remember the Meester Meester lady? That's exactly what I was thinking too. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll have a review of that because I got a bottle of that. Uh, I got to sit in and listen to Maureen, who was the master blender on that batch. It is a bourbon that is supposed to be blended to give you more of a scotch feel. And I think it hit every note. We're going to have more on that later on. But overall, it's great people watching. It's great people meeting. Talk to people from Broken Broken Barrel. There was some lady who almost passed the F out. Uh, She like made it to the chair and just like slouched. Um, But yeah, it, it was overall... There was 45, 50 people from Instagram that we've talked to for the last year, year and a half. So it was a real cool experience. And I'm extremely glad um, that I got to go. And uh, you're going to have to come down or I guess come up for your way. Uh, It's going down. I love to go down. I love to go down to Bardstown. But you're going to have to come up to Bardstown next year. So that is going to be September 14th, 15th and 16th. So as we jump into the next stage of our podcast, we like to have trivia between our bourbon and our baseball. But here's what's different about this week. We've got a new face who's going to be joining us this week. And we welcome in Wes, Wes, at BNB underscore Wes on Instagram. What's going on, buddy? What's up, fellas? My uh, my mouth is watering a little bit. <laughs> now that listening to you between peanuts, walnuts, um, you know. Oh, you I'm, mentioned I'm really all about his nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, happy to be happy to be part. So, yeah. So we always use trivia as our like buffer between the whiskey and the baseball. So the question for you guys is: There are two players in Astros history who have two hundred or more hits in a season. Who are those players? Two hundred Astros with two hundred hits Biggio? or more in a season. And what was that, Wes? I'm gonna go Craig Biggio, number one. Okay. All right. Let me give number two for you. Um, let's go, Lance Berkman. Okay. Uh, is that your Killer final B's answer? right there. Uh, so I, I, I know Craig Biggio is right. Okay. The second Craig one. I want to say Lance Berkman, the dude who was hitting like in the, like the three twenties, three thirties when his time with the Astros. I want to say. But West, I'll let Wes give a second guess. You have a second guess. I mean. I feel like the easy answer is to the low-hanging fruits Altuve, but I don't know that he ever got 200. Anybody have a final answer? Are we done? Or are we going to lock in our guesses? I'll go with I'll go with Biggio and Berkman. He can have. I'll go Biggio Altuve. And welcome newcomer West two for two. Michael Burns batting fifty percent, just about as always. Uh, Altuve's done it four times: <laughs> 14, 15, 16, oh, and seventeen. Wow. Biggio only did it once in 1998. I would have expected Biggio okay. to have a lot more than that. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I guess it's it's hard to get 200 hits in this day and age, not as much as I it was so. a little bit longer ago. Uh, I guess launch angle, but still the fact that Altuve's done it. And didn't he just hit, what, his 200th or was it 300th home run earlier this year? Uh, I don't remember what the number was. Maybe it was 250. But that is our podcast trivia question. Real quick, before we jump into baseball, uh, you guys collect ticket stubs when you went to the game growing up? Still got them. 
Yeah, Michael, I know yes, you I still got them. Um, there's an app for that now, right? So have you ever wondered, okay, I was at this game, maybe Tom Glavin pitched, how did he do? Or what did Chipper Jones do, uh, being that Wes is a Braves fan? App called AC Momento. Uh, it's Momento Live Sports Scrapbook. What you do is you enter in. So if you still have those ticket stubs or if you know the games that you've been to, you enter in that information. And I think it's every date since 1993. But they're going to continue to add the information into their app as they continue to grow their database. But you get the beta testing of this via our podcast because they are so kind that they gave us a code bourbon baseball all underscore so go check that out that's in your apple as well as android stores but you plug all this information in and over time it'll tell you okay you've seen the braves play 27 times and they are currently 12 and 15 in those games that you've seen them play Chipper Jones bats 362 in games that you've seen, or he's hit seven home runs in games that you've been at. So it's cool. It gives you all the statistics, or at least that's their plan down the run, uh, down the road. But listeners of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon Baseball podcast get to get the beta part of this done for free using promo code Bourbon Baseball. That is all lowercase. So if you haven't downloaded that app yet, I know Trey has Trey Cortez down in Texas. Oh, he loves Lone Elm, by the way. And I got. Trey, I've been meaning to say thank you, but I've got your box of samples. I have not gotten to it yet because, as you heard, Kentucky Bourbon Fest was a riot. But uh, I know Trey has already friended me on this. Michael, you're on it. Wes, you're up next. Uh, But everybody else, if you're out there and you've got those old ticket stubs or you know, like I've got a dumb memory. I know games that I've been to uh, that Frank Thomas hit a home run into the upper deck at this stadium, and I can Google it. But you can enter that in your sports scrapbook, and it'll give you all the information that you need. Uh, and that's not just baseball, but that's football, basketball, hockey, anything you've ever been to. And they're adding NCAA football games as well as basketball games Ooh. down the road as well. So uh, it's a full passport if you think about it. Uh, something pretty cool there. Speaking of pretty cool, baseball is pretty cool. And that's why we're here in this part of the episode. But – the best player in baseball is done for the year. Yeah, that's a sad really, day. really, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm not saying sad, but a, a disappointing end of the year for Otani, who's on a contract year, mm. wanting to, it was talks of making half a billion dollars. And for if him, not more. like Aaron, <clears throat> right, Aaron Judge bet on himself and won. Otani There's the patented here was, Michael throat clear. Sorry. <clears throat> Let me get all out of it. Judge bet on himself and won. Otani didn't really bet on himself. He um, is just on his contract year. And what uh, – I mean, he was having a great year like Aaron judges it in his contract year, and now suddenly it's all crumbling down in front of him. I don't know if it could finish any worse. What do you think? Wes? Uh, man, it's just – it's tough for baseball. I mean, he's the guy that everybody pays attention to, right? He's the superstar. And I don't know that it could have ended any worse for mm-hmm. baseball. Uh, it, you know, it just the way the Angels handled it and, you know, the the injury, him not being able to finish the season. We wanted to see him in the playoffs. We're not going to get to see that now. We might not have seen that anyways, but yeah, that's just, that's <laughs> let's just be tough. real. Let's be real. Yeah. It was the <laughs> yeah. So that's just tough. Um, 
you know, I hope he comes back and, and is healthy at least enough to to hit next year because he, he is that superstar and he commands a lot of attention and it's good for baseball. So yeah, he's sad to see baseball. it that way. It's it's definitely sad because he was also on the path for potentially the best season we've ever seen by a player, right? Not only at the plate, but on the mound. Yeah, yeah, add to it. And uh they say he's supposed to be back for opening day next year as a DH, um, wherever he signs. Uh, but as we go forward, I mean, pitching, that's still a question mark as we get past, uh, what, next year? He's supposed to be back in 2025 to start. Yep. But that's the second be, time, TJ. How old? Will, yeah, it's the second time of John. He got here in 2018 and then 2019. So I he just turned he 29. Missed. He'll be 30 when he returns as a pitcher. Um, what do you think that contract looks like, though? Um, I think it's going to be nobody, man, that's tough. I don't see a team signing him long-term and I don't see him agreeing to anything long-term until he gets back on the mound. I think he, he's probably going to sell himself short if he signs something long-term right now. So if anything, it's probably going to be like a one year with two options or a, a two year with a one option. You almost wonder if it's almost like a Carlos Correa, Manny Machado one, where it is like a five, six year or four, four five, six year, but with option outs, player options, player options at yeah. years two, at years one, two, and three. I mean, would you be, would you be mad if Otani signed with your team, but hey, in two years he opted out? I don't think you'd be mad. You'd be happy to have him nah. for his younger years and then have him opt out. Okay. That might be okay, actually. So my thing is, I'm on both sides of the fence here, so it's kind of a weird thought. So he's 29, so he's still relatively young. But if he opts out after two or three years, he's at that like age point where you're not signing players to eight, nine-year deals. Right. Um, but the fact that True. he had the surgery, the fact that he had the surgery, that was the question. Was he going to go through the offseason and try to do the old PR, uh, PRP, is that what they call it, uh, injections again? Uh, and try to tough through it, or what was the deal there? So now there's some clarity on the fact that he's had the surgery. You know he can recover from it. We've seen players do the two Dami John thing and come back from it. It's not as common as the one time, but if you looked 10 years ago, that would be the death sentence, and now it's more and more common to see players come back. So part of me goes, a team may be desperate enough to just say, we'll give you 10 years because no matter what, we know we're going to make that investment back just because of who you are. And we're going to pull some money from Japan, uh, from overseas. And you're going to instantly, you're getting thousands of players coming into your ballpark. So you're theoretically going to be making more money. How many 17 Cubs jerseys or 17 Braves jerseys? I know the Braves probably aren't going to be a team that in on, but if the Yankees signed them, Everybody's buying a jersey. Oh. The Red Sox, everybody. Seattle, uh, if he goes to L.A., like jersey sales, he's going to be the number one jersey sale because anybody in that organization like who cheers for that organization is buying that jersey. So you're theoretically making that money up right off the bat. But also, does he want to settle for maybe 450 over 10 years where he had the potential for 600 over 10 years or 660 over 11 years? Sheesh. It's it's one of the most unique cases I think we're ever going to see in free agency. Cause I could very well see him do a one year prove it deal. Like, Hey, get healthy. 
if I were him, I'd rather be a free agent after one year than after two or three, because now you're older. And even though you're back to pitching, that's still a question mark uh, after two or three years. So do you feel like he might do a one-year deal and uh, and rush back and try and pitch in late August, September of next year? See, I a normal Tommy John recovery is what, 12, 13, 14 months? 13, 13 months, yeah. And then I've seen that like the second Tommy John's more of a 17, 18 deal. So I don't see him pitching at all next year just because 18 months from now, that's where we're looking at opening day of 2025. And the fact right. that he'll be hitting still. He won't be able to sit out and focus on just pitching. Right. right. But the fact that they're saying he'll be back for opening day of 2025, um, that's a decent timeline. But the Yankees are saying that Jason Dominguez isn't going to be back for two or three months halfway through the season. Mm. And he's having the same surgery within the same timeline. He's six years younger, seven years younger. That's he true. But let me throw this at you. As his agent, you know, you're trying to sign him for the most oh, yeah. money, and he's the one that put out the the news, right? I mean, yeah. if I'm his agent, I'm, not that I'm going to fluff the numbers, but I'm going to say, hey, Bryce Harper came back in nine months, so uh, we're going to put nine months on it. Yeah. Uh, Bryce even came back quicker than that, didn't he? Wasn't it six months or so from November to May or uh, November to I mid-May? So. Was it seven? Okay, thank you, Mr. Math Major. But he did it at Thanksgiving, which was late Thanksgiving in late November, and then he came back like the first week of May. <laughs> I just say November to May <laughs> is seven months. <laughs> November 1st to May 1st would be cheers. seven months. Yeah, cheers. Happy first anniversary. We still have bitterness towards each other. <laughs> um, so what did you guys think of the old uh, cleaned out his locker? Think too much was made out of it? Yeah. yeah. He's got so many eyes on him for every yeah. little move he makes. Oh, he wiped forward instead of backward this time. What is the meaning of that? <laughs> well, I didn't know they had cameras in that. Now we're talking about I'm stuff. sure he does. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah. Uh, he's back in the dugout. So I, I think it was all made out for nothing he's a free agent at the been, end of the year yeah it could have been that he was just pissed off that he, that his elbow and the year is ending how it is yeah do you blame you know him what? i'm no not at all i mean he was looking like you said you like you just said he was looking at 650 possibly yeah. and now he he probably i mean he could see that collectively over two deals but he won't see that in one mega deal no, and that mega deal was going to be the security because they he only signed a four or five year deal. He's not getting another big deal behind that. But the the season he had just as a hitter, 151 hits, which amounted to 44 bombs, 304 for a batting average, OBP 412, slugging 654, OPS 1066, his OPS plus 184, and that doesn't even take into account. Well, he had 20 stolen bases, but that doesn't take into account any of his pitching statistics either, which he was a bona fide ace or number two. He was the ace of the Angels because they don't have shit. But uh, any other team, he'd be a top two starter, maybe the ace, depending on who else you've got in your rotation. And he did that all while being the best hitter in the league. So that's probably the saddest thing is we didn't get to see a full year. Would he have made it to the 60? Probably not. But uh, 
I think he would have been close. There was a point where Mikey and I were looking at it, and he was on pace for the same numbers that Judge had last year, but with better batting average as well as betting better on base percentage. We, we were talking triple crown. Yeah. Um, and that was on the batting side, not even the pitching added to it. So I, it's it's sad. It sucks because we missed on it. So now the question I pose to you guys, does this open the door for Corey Seager to win the NAL MVP, or do you still think it's Shohei? Yeah, I still think it's Shohei. I mean, it is just so hard to vote against what he did, even missing the time at the end of the season. It's so hard to vote against that. I'm sorry. I I do think Corey Seager is being underplayed in a sense of what he's done in the short time. He missed the first month and a half, two months. And then he had another stint on the IL. Or... I mean, yeah. he, the dude's batting 340, hitting 20 something home runs. He's he's having an amazing season. That if he if he did have the full season, I think yes, Corey Seager would be overtaking him. But I think Otani has that special Otani effect that will get the voters on his side a little bit more, just because of the two way player. If he wasn't a two way player, and we're just talking hitter to hitter, Seager, I think Seager will come up and get him. Yeah, I'd agree. But the, but the fact that he's got – you're getting two different positions out of one player, especially a, a pitcher. And we mm-hmm. saw how many pitchers get destroyed. Good pitcher. pitchers. Yeah, good. how many good pitchers this year got destroyed? And yeah. Otani didn't. So, I still think it's Otani slam dunk. I agree with Wes. OPS 176 for Seager. Otani's 184. Or, sorry, OPS plus. Uh, OPS – Otani 1066, Seager 1034. Slugging 654, Otani 640 for Corey Seager. On base percentage, Otani's got him by just about 20 points. He's got 10 times the amount of steals that Seager has. He's driven in just about the same. uh, But that Texas lineup's a lot more stacked on a day-to-day basis than the Angels have been. Otani's got him by 13 home runs. And he's only played uh, at least at-bats only 60 plus more than Seager. So it's not like he has a terrible amount of at-bats more than Seager has. Their batting average definitely weighs in the Seager's favor, but even Otani scored 102 runs. So Seager's 84. Um, Otani's war 10 on B-war. Seager's 6.8. So it's not even close in my mind. But I think some people are going to try to say he was on a team that didn't make the playoffs. So uh, Texas might not even make the playoffs. (laughs) No. It's just upsetting to me that the Angels couldn't surround him with more talent. Yeah. Uh, and Trout, that's been, for that matter. That's been the case for what? They, the they had the best two players and never made the playoffs for how many years? Uh, I think what, they're 14, on 15? year 13. Yeah, 14. Tw- yeah. 2014 was the year, I think, that they went to the playoffs and they got swept in three games. And so Trout has never won a playoff game. Uh, speaking of a team that hasn't really done well in the playoffs, but they consistently at least make the playoffs, the Tampa Bay Rays. Actually, the two biggest stories in the last week of baseball are all off-the-field stories. So Shohei, off the field. Tampa Bay Rays, off the field, because they're building a new stadium or they're proposing a new stadium. And we turn to our expert Tampa Bay Rays uh, (laughs) analyst, Wes, uh, live in Tampa Bay. What's What's the word you're hearing? So the uh, the local news stations, uh, you'll love this, Brandon, are all about it. I mean, they are they're eating it up. 
Okay. And I will I will say this first. It's good for baseball. It's good for the Rays. I'm not going to hold my breath for a few reasons. Uh, the first time it was proposed in Ybor City. Um, you guys probably don't know where Ybor City is. It's Tampa side. It would have been a great place. The renderings were ugly, but they worked. Um, that fell through, which led us to this whole debacle. Um, we saw some things with the A's when they proposed a new stadium. I'm just, I'll wait to see us closer to the finish line before I really say uh, anything bad, but I'm happy for the Rays. I'm happy for baseball. I think it pushes them in the right direction, and hopefully we can get it moving pretty quickly. I'm upset it's not Tampa instead of St. Pete, but I understand why they kept it in St. Pete. I understand the historic value. I understand the draw that it has there. If you guys don't know, that's where the Dodgers and Branch Rickey originally settled the first minor league team. Um, and there's a baseball museum there. Um, so I love the historical value, but they're really missing out by not being able to, to get it over in Tampa somewhere. But it would be more expensive over here. So I get it. Um, but it's just really going to suck to cross the Howard Franklin to get to a game. That's really going <laughs> to suck. Is that really like? Do you think the biggest factor when it comes to lower attendance is the the ballpark placement rather than just the team being bad? Uh, two things. One, number one in my mind is the current situation of the stadium. It's a dump. Um, <laughs> it's just it's. I'm sorry. Like I, That's I worked who there. Works for the, yeah, I was yeah. Say, like I, I worked there and I I did rounds around that stadium hundreds of times. It's just not a good stadium. Okay. Um, it's very old. A lot of the bathrooms don't work, but, um, I think that's number one. Number two is the traffic. And I'll tell you a very short story. When, um, the Rays were playing the Yankees in the first round, Garrett Cole was pitching. Um, and I think that was, you have to remind me of the year. I think it was 17 or 18. Uh, probably 19. Cause I think Cole signed. It was 19. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So we left work in Tampa at 4 PM. On the dot. First pitch was at 7.05. We missed first pitch in the first half of the top. The top of the wow. first half. We didn't get into our seats until the bottom of the first. And that is 100% the drive. from. And we were, we were in downtown Tampa. So we went straight from downtown Tampa to Tropicana. And it took us three hours. So, yeah, Gross. I would say that's. And that's, that's what, like 20, mi 20 miles, maybe? Yeah, that's probably roundabout. So it's not terribly far. I mean, that's the same distance, Michael, that it was from my house to Wrigley Field. And that took us in traffic about an hour and 10, an hour and 15. Right. Oh, that's rough. Uh, that's what I've always heard. I haven't been to the Trop yet. Uh, my goal is to get there, but maybe I won't because this opens in – they're proposed – their goal is to get there by the opening day of 2028. So we've got basically four years. That's a quick turn. Oh, shoot. Uh, the renderings look pretty cool. Obviously, renderings are renderings, and it's you're not going to know until they actually build the damn thing. Um, the interior still kind of looks a little warehousey, but obviously renderings. Um, I'm excited. I'd rather see Tampa stay in Tampa because I think that there is a pretty good baseball. 
you worked for the lightning as well. You saw what fans and what the, the, the residents did and rally around them with that big open air, uh, Oh yeah. Outdoor like venue that they just packed outside the stadium, not just inside the stadium. And that every time I watch a lightning playoff game, that place is rocking. So it's not that the Tampa Bay fans are bad. I just think they're not making it to the trop because it's a little more difficult to get to. And that's what, again, the saddest part out of all of this. And that's the thing that scares me the most out of it uh, is it still is in St. Pete, but not knowing the historical value of that. Now that you've mentioned it, like I like the fact that it's there and I'm, I just hope that somehow Tampa and St. Pete would be able to work some different infrastructure to help people get there, I guess would be. They, they are trying. Uh, I will give them credit. They are building an addition to the Howard Franklin, uh, which I believe is going to be three or four lanes. Um, and they're moving pretty quickly on it. Um, I can't say that that was strictly for the Rays, but right. you know, it's just that traffic between St. Pete and Tampa is that bad. But you're right. I, I mean, I will give Tampa this credit. If you go to a Lightning game or you go to a Bucks game, even when the Bucks before Brady, it's it sold out, man. Mm-hmm. Like people here love sports. And if it, if the Trop was in a location where they could access it more readily and, and easier, yeah, that that stadium would be filled constantly. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that the new stadium will at least solve one of the problems. Hopefully we can, um, find ways to solve the second problem, which is traffic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that could be just over time, but the Tampa Bay, it's not like they've been a crap franchise either since what the early two Joe Madden kind of turned them around. Uh, yeah, when right. they first started, they were like the doormat when they expanded. Obviously, that happens with expansion teams. But for a low-budget team, they consistently find themselves in contention. They've already clinched a playoff spot. Uh, and speaking of a playoff spot, they did that along with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles had the big lead in the division by two games. I say big lead because just the other day it was tied. Um, and they've taken that back. One of the funner divisions to watch all year because they've had some of the best teams. Every team until the other day was at or above 500 for a majority of the season. But the Baltimore Orioles, man, they look like a powerhouse. They lost today to Houston, but they took the first two games. They clinched. What's different about this Orioles team than maybe when we saw them in 2016 when they last went? And that was the Buck Showalter and Zach Britton left in the bullpen kind of year. I think it's almost I, from what I remember. Zach Britton was that guy, and, and we've seen that graphic that came out recently about if one run one run games were reversed, what the, would the standings look like? And you see a very different type of standings with that with that one run flipped. And mm-hmm. right now, the the Orioles have this powerhouse offense, but I think they're lacking in the rotation. They have a powerhouse closer in Felix Bautista, who is having a Cy Young type year for the Orioles. Um, it, and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just say Cy Young? Yes. You think he would have really won the Cy Young if he pitched the whole season? No, okay. no. Cy Young type yeah. type of year for okay. a closer. Um, the dude was electric. I mean, you, you can see the stats here on the screen. 61 innings, 110 strikeouts, 1.48 ERA. And then that my favorite stat there, the whip. Way below one. That means the guy was giving it's up walks, whip. hits, 
What'd I say? I, oh, I said Michael likes the whip. Oh, I thought you. I thought I said it wrong. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, no. I was just talking about your kinks. Going back to Felix, um, but yeah, uh, Felix Bautista. Um, unfortunately for the Rays, has been out since August 26th with a partial tear in his UCL. So Orioles immediately thinking that he's done for the year. He's done for most of next year. It screams Tommy John. But there's news. Yeah, we, they they've seen Felix Bautista throwing bullpens. On the field, not on the field, but in the bullpen here lately, showing that maybe he'll be ready for playoffs. And I think that's huge for the Orioles. I mean, they had the best, I think, back end of a bullpen with Canari, uh, Can- Cano, and then um, stuck in Cubs world with Canario, but Cano and then <laughs> to Bautista. Um, I hope he's healthy and I hope he doesn't come back and just blow blow it and then lose all of next year um because of it but yeah i mean the orioles have the offense they have the back end i'm just scared about the rotation yes absolutely agreed what do you think wes yeah i gotta agree about the rotation um you know you're kind of hoping that grayson rodriguez can be that guy that front end Mm -hmm. guy um he's been much better in the second half uh kyle bradish you know Look, you got. I mean, guys. I guess we got to give Bradish his credit, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. been their most consistent starter, pretty much six all year. Today too. Yeah, I mean, he he's been awesome. He doesn't have um, elite stuff, but he finds a way to get the job done. They they scare me in a three game series, but with the way the playoffs are now, it's five seven games. I just they don't have that front end guy, and I think that's the one thing they're missing. Um, that's not to say that, you know, Grayson Rodriguez can't come out and give them six or seven and then, or even, you know, five and turn it over to their bullpen the way that it is. But in today's game, I don't, I think the stronger bullpens typically go further into the playoffs, but I just don't, in a five, seven game series, I don't see them going very deep. You know, they might win one, two games. And you know, games five, six, seven, having your guys, your your one who I assume is going to be Bradish and two who I assume is going to be Grayson Rodriguez going in those games, that that's tough. Um that's tough and to submit to. And experience too. These guys these yeah. are young guys who don't have playoff experience. Going up against Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. who has all the playoff experience in the world. Framber. Uh, half that Astros roster, they've been this deep year in and year out for the last six, six, seven years. Um, what about John Means? He just came back. Do you think it's enough to lengthen at least that rotation? They put Flaherty in the bullpen, didn't they? No, I don't know. I know uh, he's on their depth on their on their depth chart. He's listed as a bullpen arm. I haven't watched a whole lot of Orioles baseball. I've, to be honest, I haven't yes, watched a you're ton right. of Orioles baseball. One day ago. One day ago, yeah. Orioles reduced rotation to five stars by changing Flaherty's role. Yeah, Flaherty's so, moved to the bullpen. Uh, I wonder if he's okay with that and if he's going to throw a fit. But, uh, I mean, you've got Means, Gibson, Bradish, Kramer, and then Grayson Rodriguez. Kramer's been decent, hasn't he, this year uh, overall? Um, he's been good. I think he already. was uh, – yeah. I think you can he's say that about most of their starters. Right. They've yeah. all, the, their whole rotation has been serviceable. They've gotten them. They've kept them in games long enough for their offense to win the ball game for them. 
Yeah, and they're they're. I mean, they've got one of the better bullpens in the league. It'll be interesting because the games get shorter and shorter in the playoffs when it comes to pitching, right? You go to your bullpen quicker, and uh, you start to blow your load a little bit more, at least earlier with your bullpen arms, and you ride your bullpen arms. And that's another thing: is is Bautista going to be able to go on back to back days or three games in four days because he's got that partial UCL tear, or is that going to like limit their options? Like, do we hold him out? today because we know we're going to need them in potentially game seven uh two days from now just like they did with zach Britton, they held him and he didn't pitch the entire playoffs in 2016 their best pitcher yeah well not the entire playoffs it was a wild card game they had one game winner you're Mm -hmm. winning you're into the next round and they didn't pitch him and that's probably i bet you buck showalter's biggest regret in his career as a as a manager is that uh because that was the big talk for months after that uh, but the, the Orioles, they're clinching their first playoff spot in seven years. It's fun. I think it's made baseball very fun this year to see them. A 78-win team last year. They're the best team in the American League. Not just the best in their division. Like, the best record in the AL right now belongs to the Baltimore Orioles. And I like the parity. I love the I love to see different teams make it year in and year out. And they're a young, fun, exciting team. That since I'm an NL sided guy, I'll be rooting for Baltimore. Right. And what's even scarier is they've called up and graduated all these different kids. And Wes, what's their system rated still after all these graduates? Still number number one. one. I mean, probably behind Jackson Holiday, right? Yeah, Jackson Holiday. It's funny you you mentioned him. (laughs) Yeah, Michael (laughs) likes to get off during these parts of the podcast when we talk about Jackson Holiday. Uh, so let's take your 30 up. seconds <laughs> let's take I can't your 30 believe he's seconds not up. i understand he hasn't been hitting he's hit his first hiccup and his first bump in the road in triple a batting 265 poor guy you know he's 20 years old hitting in triple a um did he turn still 20? think he could be an asset is he 20 i think he's 20 i think he's he still might, i think he just i thought he was still 19 just, he must have yeah. just turned 20 if that's the case oh, that's so insane Michael's just oh, trying 19. to get him to he's 21. 19. Yeah, Michael's just trying to get him to 21 so we can have him on hey. the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'd have to get extra box of Kleenex for Michael if that was the case. Uh, <laughs> not because he'd be crying, folks. Uh, but yeah, they've Moving got the on. Best <laughs> Moving on. Um, that's ground rule double. Uh, that saves a run. Uh, there it goes into the, the Cubs broadcast. We'll get to the Cubs here in a second. The best team in the... NL, we're going to just quickly squirt, squirt right past them because one of the guys here on the <laughs> podcast is a Braves fan. No, uh, the Atlanta Braves, they clinch a playoff spot. They clinch the NL East. Um, they've been the best team for a majority of the year. There have been a couple times where I think the Orioles were uh, overall better at the time, but from start to finish, the Braves have been the best team. They've got the deepest lineup. They've clinched. But did they go party hardy in uh, in in Miami, the, the city to party hardy? Judging by our uh, record over the last few days and uh, the way we've played against the Phillies, I'm going to say, yeah, you're probably right. They went a little too hard with the party in Miami. <laughs> they, they feel a little hungover. I, I, saw yes. a stati- I saw a statistic earlier this morning and said the Braves have given up four home runs in a game ten times this year. Seven of them have been in the last three weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Talk about coasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but bullpen hasn't been great the last few days, which uh, that's kind of upsetting. So as a Braves fan, does that scare you going into the playoffs? Yeah. Or do you think this is just a, like, let's just get right kind of moment? 
What scares me is that our bullpen has been up and down all year. Um, there was, I think, a stretch between – it might have been June, July, or July, August, where we, we had the best bullpen by ERA. But I feel confident in, in Iglesias. I feel confident in a few other guys, but I just don't feel like – we don't have the same bullpen as the Orioles. Like, you look at the Orioles – player by player, and you're like, they beat us in the bullpen on pretty much every player, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you taking Iglesias or are you taking Batista? Like, I'm probably taking Batista, right? Are you taking Cano? And basically anybody in the Braves bullpen, I'm probably going to take Cano, right? Yeah. Um, Would Minter be your number two behind that, or who are you going with? I I love Minter, but he's been, uh, he's been Jekyll and Hyde this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Command has kind of been a little all over the place. He just he just doesn't give me a warm fuzzy when he comes in the game, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I would say that's the one concern for the Braves. Obviously, we know what their offense can do. It's a historic offense, right? And that's what's won them a lot of games. Max Freed's blister or hotspot or whatever they called it, I guess, is a little concerning. But I think they're just trying to get him right for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, between him, Strider, Morton, you know, it's going to be your one, two, three. And then I assume Elder and, and I don't know that Kyle has enough innings yet for me to believe in him. But, you know, they got the one guy that is the best player in baseball right now. So yeah. it's kind of hard not to believe in that guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the best player in baseball, he's talking about Mookie Betts. I, I mean, sorry, Ronald Acuna <laughs> Jr. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. doing something right now that uh, has never been done before with every home run and every stolen base. He sets a record. There has never, ever been a 40-70 season in Major League Baseball history, and he's about to do it, most likely, unless he decides to take the next couple of weeks off. But it's 39 bombs, 67 stolen bases. He was the first player to ever have a 30-60 season. Now he is the first player to have a 39-67 but here's the thing. A couple of months ago, Michael and I were talking. We weren't sure he was going to make 35 home runs. He's had a hell of right. a month, a hell of a couple of weeks. He's going to reach 40 home runs before he reaches 70 stolen bases. And if you looked a month ago, that was not going to be the case. It would have been flip-flopped. So he's definitely trying to cement that. Uh, you think he's got it? That was the moment. That was the moment that they said Mookie Betts is the is the MVP front runner. And Nakuni said, <laughs> excuse me. He's at 29 off. bombs. Yeah. And he's had, yeah. what, at this point, 10 since then? Just three weeks ago? Yeah, I get. Yeah. I, I got a text message just yesterday, I think, when Acuna hit the hit a bomb. I just get a text from Wes here. MVP, MVP, MVP. It was, yeah, I think- it was his second home run, Burns. I just want to <laughs> clarify. It was his second home run of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's got 67 stolen bases. Uh, real quick, I do want to shout out. Astori Ruiz, I don't know if you saw that. He became the first athletics player to have 60-plus stolen bases in a season since Ricky Henderson in 1998, so 25 years since that feat. Obviously, the rules changing this year have changed that a little bit, but uh, cool on there. Let's jump back to the bullpens. The best two bullpens and best – let's go with the best five bullpens in the last several weeks. Going back to September 1st, Tampa, Tampa Bay, 155. LA Dodgers 173, Milwaukee 2.14, Arizona 2.21, and Philly at 3.38. A 
Go to the opposite side of the spectrum. The worst bullpen, Texas, 6.39. The third worst, the Braves at 6.23. That's been since the start of September. As a Braves fan, for you, I would say that you're probably hoping that that's more so just because they've kind of let off the gas pedal a little bit since they, they clinched the division last week with a month of half a month of play. Um, but that I guess, I guess would scare me if I was a, if I was a Braves fan, that would be the one. Yeah. Limiting factor. It's definitely good. It's definitely the, the number one concern. Um, if the bullpen, obviously, but the fact that we're just kind of coasting and playoff baseball, a lot of times is just about who gets hot at the right time. And we're certainly not getting hot at the right time. Well, and don't look too far, but the Dodgers are only three games back right now um, for best record in the big leagues and best uh, home field advantage, right? They've already clinched the uh, NL West, but they're 93 and 57. Braves are 97 and 55. Dodgers have won five in a row and they're playing the uh, Texas, not Texas, the Detroit Tigers right now, scoreless in the bottom of the first as we watch. But uh, all of a sudden, it's like object in mirror closer than it appears, right? Yeah, very much so. They're coming up behind us pretty quickly. Um, we That's haven't played say. great against the Phillies, so yeah, quite past that. pick up some steam <laughs> before we, we get it. It, it, it. it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like watching it. Um, but what you do probably like watching is this guy, um, Matt Olson, just broke the season single, the single season home run record for Braves history. Uh, I would have guessed Henry Aaron at first. And then as, as I did the research, I was like, oh, wow, Andrew Jones uh, in 05. But look at all the consistent years for Hank back in 57, yeah. 63, 66, 69, all of 44, uh, 44 home runs. And then you see Andre Scalaraga in 1998. But uh, Chopper Jones still in there um, as we're looking at that. <laughs> I made the correction. It is not saw. uploaded into here. Gosh darn it. I made the correction. <laughs> uh, but how special of a year and how how crazy is it that he is the seeing season leader in home runs, the single season home run leader for the Braves. It's not any anywhere close to the MVP conversation. You know that I think the MVP is surprising to me that he's not getting more at least consideration. Um very happy about the home runs. I'm you know, love it for Matt Olson. This is kind of the guy that we were hoping he could be when he came over from Oakland. Um, but I, I mean, who would you? It's tough that he's not an MVP conversation, but what a move by Anthopolis, right? You got to yeah. give him credit. He made probably Stole. one of the toughest decisions ever as a GM to not basically not offer Freddie or not to say that he didn't offer it, but it wasn't what right. he wanted. And then he goes to LA knowing that he had Olsen in his back pocket and then signs him to an extension. Um, so yeah, when that happened, he kind of had a little bit of a rough year last year. So you're, you're in the gray area. You like him, but you're not sure if he's going to hit 220 with 40 every year. So him coming out and doing what he did this year really kind of, put him for me in the top two, three uh, first baseman in the league, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, the thing is for him, he's, he doesn't have to be the superstar on this team. Right. So he can just go out yeah. and hit home runs. Even if he hits two thirty, 
he doesn't have to be a guy that hits 270, but he's surrounded by such great players that he does go out and hit two, 280. What's he at? 282 now or 270? He's at 279. 279 yeah. with 52 pumps in 118 runs. He's got, what, 130 driven in, which leads the league. 609 slug, too. Like, dude, dude's having a year. 161 yes. WRC+. plus. I mean, he should be in the MVP contingent. That just tells you how good Mookie and Freddie have been yeah. on top of Acuna. So both teams have two potential MVP candidates. Um, and real quick, as we jump back to Acuna doing something, Another player who's done something really cool, Michael's other crush and man crush, Corbin Carroll, just today became the first rookie with 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases uh, as he got another stolen base, I think, against the Giants this afternoon. Uh, That's part of a team, this Diamondbacks team, man. Surging. Good Lord. Uh, they they couldn't have t- this, they couldn't have decided to surge like this at a worse time for me and Brandon. Well, they had <laughs> lost what like eight in a row through the first few games. I think they were of August, right? It, like they fell off our power start. rankings. Yeah, and they have the seventh best record in September. Do you know who? Real quick trivia question off the cuff. Do you know who has the best record in the month of September right now? In all of baseball, Are we talking uh, all of baseball. Th- yeah. I'm going to say the Miami Marlins. What? Uh, Phillies? It is the San Diego Padres. A little too late. 13 <laughs> no and 5. Yes, it is. 13 and 5 while Miami is 12 and 6, but uh on top of oh, that no way. they're they're five games five games back of the Cubs right now in the wild yeah. card. Yeah. That's that's how crazy it's been. Uh They've, they've caught up, but uh, it's probably a little too late unless they win every game from here and out. But, yeah, the Diamondbacks, his team, um, we saw him in person, Michael, twice. They've got one of the best pitchers who could potentially now be the Cy Young with Justin Steele imploding the last two games. But uh, I'm ready to not see Corbin Carroll play my team again. Yeah, uh, Corbin Carroll is everything that the Diamondbacks were hoping that he would be. And maybe even more I, as a yeah. for a rookie. I think they this is what they were hoping to get Corbin Carroll as a like season three, veteran four, kind of five, guy. right? Exactly. Yeah. And they're getting that as a rookie. Um, Wes understands why I love the guy. I basically stole the guy in fantasy baseball from one of our one of our friends. Um, but the guy is just an electric player on the field and so much fun to watch running around the bases. Him and now no, Alan Thomas. Not, no, no, it's not fun unless he's playing against a team that's not your team. No, right. It, when every, I wanted it, to pull my hair out in the freaking bleachers for two days. Well, now it, what's what's frustrating is Alec Thomas, who looks just like him running around the bases. We were confusing him and Carroll when we and were not just on the bases, field. but at the plate, he looks identical. And one's seven, and one's five. They look identical. They're like twins. But yeah, uh, the D backs, man. Uh, they have surged into that second wild card spot with another win today. They're 81 and 72. That NL wild card is crazy. Uh, this is what baseball wanted when they improved it to a 16 playoff, right? Rather than just uh, a one game wild card. Now you've got three ser- uh, three teams make the wild card, two series in each division or in each league before you get to the divisional series. You've got Philly, who's pretty much locked up unless they were to fall off the face of the earth. But Arizona's won five in a row, one of the hottest teams in baseball, 81 and 72. The Cubs 
went from a 94% chance to make the playoffs. They're down to like 48%. They're losing to the Pirates right now at 79 and 72. They will still have the the final wildcard spot, spot after tonight, but 79 and 72, they'll probably fall to 79 and 73. The Marlins at 79 and 74, and then the Reds at 79 and 75, who actually hold the tiebreaker over the Cubs. So between those four teams, they're separated by two and a half games. And then you look at the Giants, who are two games back to them, and then the Padres, who we rode off, they're almost back to 500. That's where the Giants sit at 500. They're not eliminated yet, but that NL wild card is crazy. It's going to be fun final week of the season, and I hate what the Cubs' schedule is for the yeah. final week of the season. It's tough. Yeah, it's extremely tough because they play the Braves and then the Brewers. The way the Braves have played lately is not quite as scary. Um, and then I would assume the Brewers have locked up the NL Central by that point. So hopefully you're getting them in kind of a let's reset our rotation. I've said it last week on a podcast. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to try to put out my point. Wes, if I'm a team in the wild card race, I want to be that six seed. I don't want to be a four or five. Because no matter whether you're four or five, you got to play the Braves in the next round. And the Braves are going to be able to stack their rotation the way they want it. They're going to have their team rested, whether that's three or four games. As a Cubs fan, I want number six seed because we fill Milwaukee Stadium. We've beaten Milwaukee on a consistent basis this year. I think it's a 500 record right now against the Brewers. So that final series will determine the tiebreaker. But there's not going to be a tiebreaker because the Brewers are going to get that division. And then on top of that, you win that, you face the Dodgers. And right now, I couldn't tell you who the Dodgers' starting five past Lance Lynn is. You go Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's your number two. He was your number five a couple of weeks ago, and he's given up like 13 runs in 16 innings this month. Then Bobby Miller, I'm sure he's passed his innings, career high in innings. Ryan Yarbrough, and I couldn't tell you who the fifth starter is. Pepio, Pepio, yeah. Uh, Pepe Le Pew. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I'm I'm gonna tell myself a little bit here. When MLB did this, I was not for it. I was angry. Uh, I said Manfred was a terrible commissioner. I'll be he honest, still I, I, he still is. He still he is. still is. Yeah. Well, he still is. I'm not saying that's changed. I'm just saying he might have gotten this one right. I mean, because we're you gonna got, give Theo. Like, no, we're going to give Theo the credit for this one. Yes. Well, you might be right there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give Theo the credit, but you're right, man. I would rather be a six seed and have to play the Dodgers than be the six seed and have to play the Braves. I don't, that kind of works out weird for me. I thought it would be the four five versus the two, or the six three versus the one, or maybe it would be the it would be so, a yeah. six. Six three, like I don't know, that just feels weird, right? Yeah, so that's the difference between some playoffs and the MLB is they don't reseed after they win, so you have to right. always assume that the three seed's gonna win and the four seed's gonna win. So the one plays the four and the two plays the winner of the three six. Um, so if you are the six seed, you've got a better, and that's what the Phillies did last year, right? The Braves were the two yeah, seed, yeah. they beat the Braves, and then they went on and played a battered, um. Padres team at that point who had beat the number ones. There was a five versus a six, and that's exactly what they wanted last year. Um, yeah, it's going to be a wild NL, NL wild card race. There's 10 games left for most of these teams, if not nine. Um, this weekend is going to really 
be a big deal for a lot of these teams going into that final week. The Cubs are in a rough spot because they're going on the road for the final six games where I believe the Reds have one of the easiest schedules. They play Cleveland and then St. Louis next week for five games. Uh, and then this weekend they're playing the Pirates. So the, the Reds kind of have it set up for that final wild card spot uh, as Milwaukee has to play the Brewers. Uh, Miami has to play the Brewers, um, but that's in Miami. So uh, as a Cubs fan right now, not not thrilled especially with no, how they've good. how they petered down the stretch. Um, but speaking of another team, as we were just talking about, the Reds, uh, not only are they within contention, they're a game and a half out, but Joey Votto, uh, he just continues to rake, right? He's back off the IL, but the big news was, is he going to retire at the end of the year? That's I've gotten emails at work. I'm in Cincinnati. They're getting <laughs> file footage of in the case that Joey does retire. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, and, the dude, the dude's been around as long as I can remember. It seems like I don't yeah. remember a time when Joey Votto wasn't in the league. Um, he's been in the league. What? 2011. Was that was rookie year? 2010. I, I, I want to say at least 2010. That's when the Reds were, I remember when the, when the Reds were really good and owned the division. So it came it up in 07. 07. He was an all-star and MVP in 2010. So that was his MVP year. I think I remember I him in the 09 season having a great year against the Phillies when the Phillies won the World Series in 09. And I, I think that's I think 09's where it, he kind of put it up himself on the map at least for, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, OPS was I, 981 that year. I just don't know that the Reds have room for him next year. I mean, they're already talking about yeah. in the middle of this year this year trading their leader of the clubhouse, Jonathan India, because they didn't have room. And I don't know that Joey, they have room for Joey Votto. And if you're Joey Votto and you've played, what, 17 years with the Reds, a single team, do you go play one, two years? Do you Brett Favre, Brett Favre it, Aaron Rodgers it, and go play for another team for a year or two? just to milk your baseball career out or do you walk into the sunset with your head high? That's that would be tough. If that would be tough. If I'm him, I would have to retire if the Reds don't want me back, which would be very tough for that organization to say that they don't want Joey back in some fashion. Man, that would be tough for me. I think I would have to retire. Like you spend that long with one team. There's very few players in history that have done something like that, right? Like, do you think of Chipper Jones? You think of Jeter, right? Yeah. Like, those guys are legends more than just they're playing the field. You don't think of Derek Jeter as a Red Sox or, or, you know, you think of Derek Jeter, he's a Yankee. Right. Right. You think of of Chipper Jones, he's a Brave. You think of Joey Votto, he's a Red. Right. Like, it would be very hard to see him in any other uniform. But – he can get a job in baseball anywhere, all right? MLB needs to give him a job as the ambassador mm-hmm. because he's <laughs> top two personalities in the MLB right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's a name to throw out there. Frank Thomas. White Sox. Yeah, but he played for the t- Toronto Blue Jays, almost won an MVP, and then he finished with the Oakland A's. So it has been done before. I don't think he's the money kind of t- like chaser, but also I'm going to throw this out there. I think the Reds would be stupid not to re-sign him. For a couple of reasons, who is the veteran presence on that team? 
You don't have one. Yeah. Jonathan India, and that's a child compared to that. And he was yeah. rookie of the year in 2021. So this is his third season. India is not even yet into arbitration. So can you call him a veteran yet? He's not even made it to arbitration. Oh. Next year will be his first arbitration year. You're not you're not going to have to. And here's the thing. I, I don't think Joey's going to be like, hey, give me $20 million. I think Joey would be fine being like, hey, give me three, four. Let me be a spot starter at first, a spot starter at DH. Let me be a veteran presence in that clubhouse because they're going to need it. They're already trotting out five rookies right now, right? Uh, when McLean's healthy, but you got McLean, you got Marte, you got CES, you've got uh, Spencer Steer and Ellie. Ellie. Those are five players. Sinzel's probably not going to come back, or if he is, he's going to be a spot starter. You've got um, a, a lot of youth on the team. You've got Fraley, you've got Friedel, who aren't studs. They're not veterans. They're pieces to a team. I think you'd be stupid if you were the Reds not to resign him. Maybe do that Albert Pujols swan song season. Talk to him and be like, hey, I know this isn't going to be like, who knows? Nobody thought Pujols was going to have the year he had last year in St. Louis. Right. right. Like he right. had nothing in his final years with uh, LA Angels. And then when he got to the Dodgers, the Dodgers. He, and he had a couple spurts here or there with the Dodgers, but it wasn't like he was tearing the cover off the ball. And then he became like almost an MVP candidate last year with the Cardinals. So maybe you get that one year resurgence from Joey. Like, hey, I know this is my final year. I'm going to give you everything I got. He's only 40 years old. Um, so I say only like we've seen players play past that age and still be productive one year, maybe a, a one year with a player option. Like say, Hey, Joey, we're going to give you two years. You make the decision whether you want to play past this year, but we're, we're giving you that role. How many years has that team been competitive with him on it though? Right? Like Oh nine in 2010. And then yeah, two. Yeah. 2020 that playoff season was like they won 31 and 29 it's not like they were the best team in baseball they won a, a playoff spot just because the expanded playoffs for covid rules i think he wants a chance to play on a team or be part of a team that's competitive but i think he wants to do yeah, it in cincinnati point. and with that arrow going up this is the best case scenario for joey to kind of have that age 40 season where he doesn't have to be the guy where he can be the the leader and the mentor, uh, again, to just try and potentially make a swan song like Cinderella run. Yeah, um, that, that's a good point that Joey Votto hasn't been on winning teams since his first times in the first few years in the league. Yeah. And that he just wants to, I mean, the Reds with the rotation, if the rotation could be healthy, if Hunter Green could be healthy. And now that who's the guy that came up and, and made the Abbott. impact this year? Abbott. Abbott. And then you got Lodolo if he ever gets healthy, potentially. Those are three top of the rotation guys. And throwing Graham Ashcraft, Ashcraft, who has say that way too fast. Ashcraft, who you could potentially have the number four, who I think he's had the better second half. I think he's got like a two something ERA in the second half. Yeah. Since he came back from injury, Ashcraft's been pretty good. Yeah. I think he's been their best pitcher. And Abbott's kind of fallen off, but he's Abbott's hit a little bit of a, an innings wall. Right. You know, Connor yeah. Phillips did just come up. I don't know if you've seen him pitch, but he's got mm-hmm. some pretty good stuff. He's interesting to watch. Williamson. Uh, yeah. Williamson has been a decent plug and play arm in that back end of the 
rotation. He's not great, but he's a lefty who changes that arm slot and the a different angles. So uh, you've got potential there. Um, I've seen them play in person. They're a fun team to play and to watch. Excuse me. Yeah. Like they're a team that, as a Cub fan, I'm kind of scared of. Like I. Right, we're both coming. We're both converging at the same time. Both the towns mm-hmm. coming to the major league level at the same time. Right now, it's looking like the Reds and Cubs and the Brewers always. They they do have Sal Freelick and um, Jackson okay. Cheerio coming up at the same time. So it's looking like a three headed monster that but I'm okay with. Have a manager? The Brewers right, going to have a manager? Right. I think you're talking about Craig Council not being having a contract with the Brewers after this year. Right. Um, that's, that's, I think a mistake by the Brewers to have him and, be in a final year like this. Cause he is just year in and year out, turn the Brewers into contenders when they yeah. necessarily didn't even have a team like that. They traded Josh Hader away because they thought they yeah. had enough of a team. Yeah. But, well, he just man. got career win number 700 yesterday as a manager. And he's only been coaching since what? 15. So like yeah. right. he's a child eight still, years? Manager years. Yeah. He is the longest standing manager in the MLB though, right? I believe he's, so. He's tenured, 17. Yeah. Long longest tenured. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh longest tenured. Like seven been years? 17 years? No, seven, seven years. years. I think it's seven, yeah. seven years, yeah. Yeah. Uh at least with his current team. But he's at the end of a contract. David Stearns just left, and that's the guy who hired him in Milwaukee. So my thought is he moseys over to uh New York. To take Buck's job if Buck decides he's out as we end the season. But yeah, I think yeah, it just makes too much sense to to re-sign Joey and give him that that chance going forward. But uh, the offseason is going to be a fun one, and we'll dive into it that is. here in a couple of weeks. But we are in playoff mode. We are almost to the end of the season. Uh, the Cubs did lose, so they are still in the playoffs if this season ended today, but only by a half game over the Miami Marlins in one game over the Cincinnati Reds. This is the point where we give you our top 10 power rankings, which are powered by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. I uh, don't have the logo, but I do have their whiskey. You can add on over to 10th Mountain's website. That is 10thwhiskey.com. Use promo code, capital letters, BNB for 10% off your order. And that's not just 10% off the whiskey or the brandy or the rye. Anything. We're talking hats, glassware. I got myself a flannel shirt. Very comfortable. Barrels. If you want a barrel, they've got tables for sale. You can get 10% off. Whatever it is. Michael likes to say, do your what? Christmas shopping at 10th Mountain Whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, 10th Mountain Whiskey. 10% off your order. Mikey Burns, uh, we're going to have to give the full 10 this week, buddy. So who are your top 10 power rankings? Right there on the screen. You don't even have to pull it up. Okay, so I well, I had it pulled up and I was confused because I only saw I didn't see the T in the Twin Cities of the Minnesota Twins. It was like, did I really rank the Reds as ten? I don't remember that. How much whiskey have I had? <laughs> but again, we've got right there number ten for the first time in a in quite a while. The Minnesota Twins, <clears throat> number nine, the Seattle There's Mariners. Throat clear. I was, I was I was getting choked up that I thought the the Cincinnati Reds were number ten. Uh, but nine, the Mariners at eight, staying steady, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Toronto Blue Jays falling back a little bit at number seven, six, the Astros, five, the Blue Jays, or the Milwaukee Brewers. Holy crap. Have another poor. And then <laughs> the top four staying steady as in the Braves, Orioles, Blue, uh, 
Tampa Bay Rays and Los Angeles Dodgers. Hey, we said Blue Jays. Well, that was rough. <laughs> or uh, my number 10 team, the Seattle Mariners, dropping a spot after a rough couple of weeks. The Minnesota Twins hopping up four spots, playing consistent baseball in the AL Central, kind of taking hold of that division. The Toronto Blue Jays, two spots up to eight after a three-game sweep over the Boston Red Sox this past weekend. Again, these are our ratings as of early Monday morning, but we're giving them to you here on the podcast, just if you didn't catch our every Monday Power rankings, again, brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. Seven, the Philadelphia Phillies. Six, the Houston Astros. Down a spot after a rough week as they lost two series to the Royals and the Oakland Athletics. Milwaukee Mm. Brewers up a spot in our top four. Remain the same. L.A., Tampa Bay, not the Toronto Blue Jays, Michael. The Baltimore Orioles and the Atlanta Braves. And that 133 proof hitting me hard, man, or something. I don't I've know. had three pours. We got to up your ante here on this, pal. Maybe I'm just still drunk from this past weekend and nothing phases me from the amount of whiskey that I had. But right. that again is our 10th mountain whiskey. Yeah, yeah, you weren't at Bourbon Fest. I've I've been doing my uh, as the Dram Daddy uh, does his his workout uh, to get ready for Bourbon Fest. Speaking of the Dram Daddy, if you haven't heard already. Uh, there's a podcast called Bums in the Bleachers. That is our guy at the Dram Daddy on Instagram, as well as a Prez Master. I believe his name's, uh, I think it's uh, Prez Master on Twitter or Instagram. They uh, they have their own podcast, Bums in the Bleachers. Mikey and I are going to be at, on that podcast live on YouTube this upcoming Monday to talk Cubs, strictly Cubs podcast. Most Ooh, likely going to be a uh, I don't know if I want to say let's go at this point because it could be a post-mortem well, by the end of this of, weekend. Yeah, more yeah. of talking strictly Cubs without having, you know, we, we love to talk Cubs. That's our relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we text Cubs back and forth all day. But uh, yeah, yeah so do. go check out those guys. If you haven't done that already, Bums in the Bleachers on Instagram, uh, Twitter, as well as their YouTube page. Cool guys. I hung out with John multiple times. Uh, he's a great person just in person, but I know he's a huge Cubs fan. And we talk about that all the time. So check us out on their channel. We'll probably post it here on our channel as well. And don't forget to follow us here on YouTube. We're at two different YouTube channels. Barrels and Barrels Pod is more so baseball related. Strictly Bourbon, BNB Bourbon on YouTube. So go check us out on those channels. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Twitter, well, I guess it's X now. Uh, that is at barrels and barrels. Email barrels and barrels at gmail.com. If you want a hat or glassware, t shirts, just reach out to us. We'll point you in the right direction and get you uh, the comfiest t shirts I've ever owned. And I'm not just saying that because it's our shirt. Like, literally, I could wear this shirt all day, every day. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's definitely one of those types of shirts that you want to make sure you're wearing all day, not on a yeah. short day. Yeah, uh, we are on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Don't forget to rate us and review us. If you review us, we'll read it on air. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, so we, we need to hear some more reviews. We'd like to hear what you think about our podcast, even if it's on YouTube. If you leave a comment in our Let us know section. what you thought of Wes's analytics here for the yeah. first time on Barrels and Barrels. Let's hear it, yeah. baby. Yeah, loved having you on this week, Wes. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more of Wes here in the next couple of weeks as we head on into the playoffs. Wes, you got anything to add to the podcast here as we start to wrap up? Yeah, if there's any negative comments, it's at BNB underscore Burns. Uh, you can tag Man, him. I was really hoping you would say <laughs> BNB Lombard there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I was really hoping missed opportunity. You you're right. You're right. <laughs> no, send him to Burns. <laughs> he's yeah. not going to rate him anyways. Or at least if he does, he's just going to ignore him. We're DFA, oh, man. Man. Yeah. But it's been good to have you on, Wes. Uh, you'll probably see more and more of Wes here over the next couple of weeks. As always, we close it out in one way. Oh, before uh, before we end this, we've got more bourbon reviews on the way. We just dropped the Stephen Curry, or sorry, Wardell Stephen Curry uh, bottle review, yeah. which you're going to want to check that out on our bourbon page, our bourbon channel, BNB Burn. Oh, BNB Burns, I do it every week. BNB <laughs> Bourbon. Uh, they they roll off the tongue almost the exact same. BNB Bourbon, BNB Burns. Um, BNB Bourbon on YouTube. So go check that out. As well, as I like to always say, Mikey Burns, take us home. <clears throat> Let's go. Let's go.